NBA action and college football is fantastic. Maybe not. I'll explain in a minute. Stephen A. Smith show in the house. Coming your way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith show coming to you as I love to do at the very least three times a week over the digital airwaves of YouTube. I'm here in my new studio thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. As always, I got to take a moment to show my appreciation and love for all the support uh, that I'm receiving from my subscribers. We continue to climb and we've now exceeded over 413,000 subscribers in the last eight months. Can't thank y'all enough for the love. Keep it coming and I'm going to keep on coming. By the way, make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Just click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. While you're at, do it, while you're at doing all of that, please don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Got a lot to get into today. And I definitely will get to your calls at the end of the show, like I always do when I'm in studio. So the number to call up is 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303, 888-SAS-5303. First order of business is to get into the NBA action last night, and specifically Mr. Klay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors himself. There has been growing discussions about Mr. Klay Thompson, his declining play, and folks actually talking about possibly benching him. He believes as a four-time champion, he should be allowed time to correct his most recent struggles. Clay has heard the chatter, saying that maybe he should be benched. But to use his words, essentially, he doesn't give a damn. Listen up. How aware are you of that kind of patience and, or, and it, how much do you, know, do you value it? What do you, you want me to bench me? No, no, no. It's like that's... You want bench some, wigs? <laughs> I don't think I said that. Okay. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you earn these things like patience and time to find yourself. And I think history will, uh, is on our side when it comes to that stuff. You say that, do you, have you heard people say that or? No, I don't care what people say. Like, they don't do what we do. They can't do what they do. That's why they talk. Why would I, like, come on. I don't care what people say at this point in my life. Next question. First of all, a couple of things. Clay Thompson is absolutely right. We can't do what he does. He's one of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball. Make no mistake about it. A career 41.5% shooter from three-point range. He's that special. But it doesn't mean that he is telling the truth because I'm here to tell you he's a damn liar. He doesn't care. Clay Thompson doesn't care. That's nonsense. And by the way, if you didn't care, perhaps you should. Because when you have cared in the past, you've played considerably better. Now, before anybody wants to go on and jump on the bandwagon and act like Clay Thompson is such a victim, I will remind you, I'll challenge anybody to find a bigger fan of Clay Thompson than me. I have religiously pointed out that this is one of the greatest shooters in the history of basketball. The only reason we don't talk about him more is because he happens to be a backcourt mate of the greatest shooter God has ever created in Steph Curry. That's the only reason we don't talk about Klay Thompson as much as we should. His first eight years in the league, he never shot less, never shot less than 40% from three-point range before that nasty knee injury uh, ultimately took him down and then the Achilles injured follow that left him out for two seasons. We have never said anything about Klay Thompson because he's been that phenomenal, but he doesn't look that way now. And because of it, in part anyway, the Golden State Warriors don't look that great right now. 
Klay Thompson is averaging 15 points a game. Klay Thompson is shooting 40% from the field. Klay Thompson is shooting 46% from three-point, I'm sorry, 36% from three-point range. I got news for y'all, ladies and gentlemen. This is the same Klay Thompson that came into the offseason and said, yo, this is the most important offseason of my career. This is the most important preseason of my career. So the reality is, is that expectations came. Why? Because he's making $42.3 million this year, entering the last year of his contract. He's looking for a new deal. He can't seem to reach an accord with the Golden State Warriors because they're looking at him and the dissipated level of production that he's providing compared to what he did in the past. And they're saying, damn that. We already got the highest payroll in the National Basketball Association. I'll be damned if I'm going to commit more and more and more money down the line for a diminished product. So it's up to Klay Thompson to show that he's not that diminished. Me personally, if he's not in Golden State, the one place I want to see Klay Thompson in is LA. Let LeBron James have that brother to throw the basketball to and watch what that, do, what that dude does. Klay Thompson is still special. He's just not looking as special as we know him to be. So he can have an attitude. He can act like, please, it, it, y'all don't do what, people don't do what I do. They can't do what I do. Well, guess what? Did you feel that way when you were out for two years and you came back for the very first time? They didn't introduce Steph Curry last. They introduced you last. And in case you forgot, Clay Thompson, in case you forgot what that was like when you were being introduced and the roar of the crowd that you supposedly do not care about, in case you forgot what that experience is like, here is a reminder. Take a look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call goosebump moments, where your hair standing up on your skin, where you just feel yourself tingly inside because of the roar of that crowd and the love and the affection that they showed them because they knew that a four-time champion, a three-time champion at the time, was returning. This is what they were talking about when they were talking about Klay Thompson. They didn't introduce Steph Curry last that night. They introduced Klay Thompson last because you knew you waited for it because for two years, this brother was out, worked his tail off to get back to form. And right now we're seeing him look worse than he looked when he got back. And so it's up to you, Klay. It's up to you, bro, because I want you to get paid. I don't blame you for being salty with the media forever. When they cost you $30 million years ago when they named Kemba Walker third-team All-NBA instead of you. And thereby not allowing you to be eligible for the Supermax of $221 million. And instead you had to settle, settle for $191 million. We get it. But this ain't the time to look at critics and skeptics and doubters and point the finger at them. It's, a, it's about time to look in the mirror and for you to say, I'm not what I'm supposed to be. Your success ain't predicated on athleticism, the likes of Russell Westbrook or somebody else. Your success is predicated on your ability to shoot the ball and to create enough separation to get your shot off to shoot the ball. You should be able to do that. And if you're not doing it, something's wrong. It's just that simple. You ain't the only one, though. Not wearing a Golden State Warriors uniform. You ain't the only one. Because there's somebody else in the same uniform as you that's got his own problems. And that would be the one and only Mr. Draymond Green, who returned to action last night for the Golden State Warriors. He promptly found himself getting a technical foul in his first game back after a five-game suspension. Now, Draymond Green has said he will always play with passion and doesn't regret defending his teammates. So you know what he's going to do. He's going to be defiant. There's nothing surprising about that. 
I'm just surprised he uttered it out of his mouth the way that he did the other day. Take a look. I don't live my life with regrets. Um, like I said before, I'll come to a teammate's defense anytime that there's a I'm, I'm in a position to come to a teammate's defense. That's what a team is. You stick together uh, through the good and the bad. And I take that to heart. Um, I take pride in being a good teammate. Uh, that's when I step in here every single day. That's number one on my list to be a good teammate. He has no regrets. Listen, nobody with sense would try to derail the passion and the fervor that Draymond Green plays with. But you have now received 94 technical fouls in your career. 94. Okay? And so when you look at it from that perspective, something's got to change in that regard. Because it's just not wise. And by the way, for those of you, because I was looking for this list right here, players with the most technical fouls in NBA history, let me give them to you. Carl Malone at 332. Charles Barkley at 329. Rasheed Wallace at 317. And Gary Payton at 250. Now the game was different then. And we get that. Technical foul, 16 in the season, didn't lead to an automatic one-game suspension. So times have definitely changed. But because those times have changed, Draymond Green has to adapt to that. And I'm going to get big brother on Draymond Green right now because I love the brother. And I think he's got a bright future beyond the sport of basketball so long as he's careful. He getting it, Draymond Green receiving that technical last night was bogus. That was an absolute nonsensical call by the officials. As Steph Curry proclaimed, he was right behind Draymond Green doing the same exact thing. But he doesn't have Draymond's history. So Draymond got the technical foul. Well, you know what that means? That means you're being targeted. And if you're being targeted, that means you're going to get more technical fouls. And if you're going to get more technical fouls because you're being targeted, that means the NBA is trying to use you to send a message. Which ultimately means that Draymond Green, you could end up getting yourself suspended again. Come playoff time, if you ain't careful. And we know at this particular juncture, it's very difficult, if not damn near impossible, for the Golden State Warriors to win without you. So if you're Joe Lacob, if you're Steve Kerr, you're absolutely right in taking the position that, right or wrong, Draymond's got to reel it in. And I'm going to say this on another level. There's so much that this brother has to give to the game of basketball that extends far beyond his playing days. What you don't want to do is be perceived as being so problematic that nobody wants to work with you when your playing days are over. Now, that might seem a bit far-fetched, but I don't underestimate anything in today's climate. So I want Draymond Green to be careful because I want him to stick around and continue to bless us with his knowledge about the game, which he is fully capable of doing. And anybody who's talked to him knows what I'm talking about. But he's got to be careful because he's being targeted. Here's another reason he needs to be careful. Because the Sacramento Kings are coming. Now, I don't know if y'all know this or not. For those of you who are geographically challenged, Sacramento is about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half away from San Francisco, which is where the Golden State Warriors play these days. This is a big-time rivalry. I think right now this is the best rivalry in the NBA. And this kid, De'Aaron Fox, and that brother Malik Monk, some reason, even though Malik Monk only averages about 13 a game, shoot 40% from three, by the way, that Malik Monk shows up when called upon going up against the Golden State Warriors. He rises to the occasion. And De'Aaron Fox, I've said this on many occasions and I'll say it again. I think that Magic Johnson 
is a basketball savant. He's absolutely brilliant. We all know this. The only argument in basketball that I've ever gotten into with Irvin Magic Johnson was wanting him to draft De'Aaron Fox instead of Lonzo Ball. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade on Lonzo Ball, who's been injured, and we understand that. And we wish him nothing but the greatest of health. But his, his knees were messed up or whatever. He's not supposed to be coming back until January. Okay? And he's had other knee injuries. But even healthy, I would tell you that even though Lonzo Ball can ball, and even though he's a quintessential point, point guard, he has never been, he is not, nor would he ever be De'Aaron Fox. This brother is a superstar, ladies and gentlemen. He's averaging nearly 30 a game with six assists, okay? Shooting a high percentage from the field and from three-point range. Had 29.7 rebounds, seven assists, and two steals last night in their in-season tournament victory over the Golden State Warriors while scoring 124-123, by the way, where Sacramento scored the last six points of the game. De'Aaron Fox is special. Make no mistake about it. And we should want to see Golden State and Sacramento fully loaded going at one another. It is just that simple. Before I get on out of here, for a commercial break, that is, I got to transition to college football and Mr. Primetime himself, the one and only Deion Sanders. Head coach for the Colorado Buffaloes. If you recall, he exploded onto the college football scene after beating a ranked TCU team before edging out rivals Colorado State and Nebraska at Folsom Field to start the season at 3-0. Needless to say, Colorado couldn't hold the hype finishing the season in lackluster fashion with a loss to Utah, 23-17. Coach Sanders was extremely vocal early on after that first win against TCU in September. Y'all all remember that, right? And the reason I asked that question, albeit rhetorically, because it's not just the fans who remember, it's the competition. So you know everybody's throwing shade in his direction. Simply because of this. What's up, brother? You believe that? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. That hurt me. Love primetime. Um, the Colorado Buffaloes, in my opinion, is not the place for them. Three recruits, two three-stars, one four-star recruit, a quarterback, a wide receiver, and offensive lineman already decommitted to the program. Now, why would something like that happen? I'm just guessing. Could it be the fact that Colorado lost six straight to end the season? Could it be the fact that they lost eight of their last nine games? Could it be the fact that they finished as the worst team in the Pac-12? Again, that is what happened. And as we reflect on the season that the Colorado Buffaloes have had, this is football, y'all. You need meat and potato brothers. I'm just going to tell it like it is. You need them brothers that eat steaks and whole chickens and turkeys for breakfast. That's what you need with, with mashed potatoes and yams and all. They're just stuffing themselves with that. You need them meat potato boys. Meat potato brothers that show up to play college football don't go to Colorado. They might go to Alabama. They might go to Georgia. They might go to Michigan. They might go to Ohio State. Hell, before all is said and done, they might go to Texas A&M. That's some oil money down there. LSU. 
The list goes on and on. Chances are they ain't going to Colorado. Not to Boulder, Colorado. I just don't see it. And I think that Primetime did a decent job because they're still better than the 1-11 season that they had. They were 4-8 and eight this year. Okay? But even though they were three games better, the way they ended the season was awful. And then you got to take into consideration this. They gave up the fifth most yards per game at 451 and a half. They gave up the 12th most points per game at 34.8 in the nation. And their quarterback, Shador Sanders, the son of primetime Deion Sanders, you know, with the watch and all of this stuff after all the victories, him sacked 52 times. Most in the FBS. So we have to understand what's going on here. When you're primetime Deion Sanders, you're playing in the Pac-12, which is fragmenting and dismantling before our very eyes. And we see these other programs, the Florida states of the world, the Washingtons and Oregons of the world, Texas, Alabama. How are you going to compete with those brothers if you can't get some hogs? I don't know if primetime can get those hogs. Now, in short order, in the days to come, Dion primetime, Sanders will be on this show. And we're going to talk about all of this. But at the end of the day, it's just not a good time. There's no way to slice this. The season is over. That's fine. And you could have gone four and eight. That's fine. But to start out three and and then lose eight or nine and lose six straight and get blown out on national television with Oregon and the coach making sure to have the cameras in the locker room talking about they make all of this stuff in the headlines. We make it on the field. And then to be up 29 or nothing on Stanford and blow that lead and lose that game. To, use at, to lose at UCLA, okay? To lose in a shootout with USC. The list goes on and on and on everywhere you turn. It's a struggle. We hope for better times for prime time. I just believe in order for that to happen, it needs to be someplace other than Colorado. That's just me. And I don't think I'm alone. 888-SAS-5303 is the number of quotes. 888-SAS-5303. That was one of the subjects, many of, one of the many subjects I was going to get into. The other is going to be my colleague, Malika Andrews. She's taking a whole lot of heat from a lot of people. I have something to say about all of that. It might surprise the living hell out of y'all what's about to come out of my mouth. But it will nevertheless. So stick around. Enjoy the show. It's the Stephen A. Smith Show, after all. I'm here to entertain, if nothing else. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show, right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Before I get to your calls, and the number to call up is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. I love taking your phone calls on a plethora of things. Let me say that what I'm about to get into, I usually don't get involved with. I'm big on supporting my colleagues and protecting my colleagues. Uh, but in the same breath, I'm also big on minding my own damn business when it's called upon to do so. And I'm certainly not trying to deviate from that in this particular situation. But there's a subject that I think demands participation from people in this industry, including myself. And that is this subject that's involving ESPN host Malika Andrews. Now, for those of you who may not know, and it's very few in the sports world who don't know at this particular moment in time, 
she's been getting some major, major heat, uh, in particular for former NFL wide receiver Des Bryant for ignoring the situation involving or surrounding NBA player Josh Giddy of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the accusations of him having an inappropriate relationship with an underage girl. First things first, before I get even any further, let me tell you what Des Bryant had to say. Let me read that quote to you right now. Des Bryant tweets, Malika Andrews, you went out of your way to crucify Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick of the Charlotte Hornets on draft day over something he didn't even do, wrote Bryant. Why haven't you said nothing about Josh Giddy? I advise you not to make this a black or white thing. Your parents really raised you wrong. And just because you went to a private school, don't make you better. You appeal. And I know you're kind. You're just a puppet. I don't know how a former or current NBA player could sit there across from you and look at you with some kind of respect. Let me say this. Des Bryant, I miss him. I miss Des Bryant because I loved watching him as a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys for those eight years he was there before he suffered that injury and came back and tried to resume his career in Baltimore, and that didn't work out. I respect you, my brother, but that was a bit extreme. You see, without trying to get too involved in it, I feel compelled to get involved because I think that a lot of people are missing the issue involving Josh Giddy to begin with. Josh Giddy is being investigated for allegedly messing with an underaged girl. We don't know the facts. And because we don't know the facts, and we represent a network, we have to make sure I's are dotted and T's across because before we provide commentary to that. The investigation is ongoing by the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder refuses to comment on it. Josh Giddy refuses to comment on it. And as a result, all we can keep doing is reminding everybody the brother being investigated. He's from Australia. He's being investigated for messing with an underage girl. That's problematic. And the NBA is investigating because next thing you know, they may take some heat because people may be asking them, what are you going to do about it? If this was the National Football League, chances are he would be put on a commissioner's exempt list where he wouldn't be allowed to play until the investigation was complete. So getting on Malika Andrews about this, I believe is off kilter. And it's a bit extreme. Bringing up her parents, her upbringing, some private school education. Come on, Des. What if she brought up your stuff? Come on, bro. It's not necessary. And the reason why this is a big subject to have is because I think that we need to do a better job of picking our battles. Malika Andrews is a colleague of mine. There's no question about that. We got into our little tussle on the air after the Ime Udoka situation, or as that was brewing. She came at me in a certain way. I checked the situation the way I felt it needed to be checked. We had a conversation later. She apologized. I accepted her apology because I'm a human being and I make mistakes too. But we got folks coming at her all the time with death threats and other threats and all of this stuff. Why? Why? Let's talk about Brandon Miller for a second. 
I wish this brother nothing but the best. He can play, by the way. Was a star at Alabama last year. No problem with that. He was the number two overall pick on draft night in the National Basketball Association. He was going to be the number two pick of the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte, the city of Charlotte is considered the Bible Belt. What was his crime? There was no crime because the police in Alabama said they had nothing to arrest him on. But what was later learned is that last year sometime in February to be, I'm sorry, before February, he drove a car that had a gun in it that his teammate ultimately got out of the back seat handed to somebody else, and they ended up killing a 23-year-old young lady who is the mother of a five-year-old child. And those two individuals, his teammate, Brandon Miller's teammate, and the person that he handed the gun to were arrested and indicted on capital murder charges. When Brandon Miller showed up in South Carolina, You'd have thought he was Hillary Clinton. They were screaming, lock him up, lock him up, lock him up. How in God's name does Malika Andrews not ask that question on draft night? She had to. I'm telling you, me or any other reporter that was in that situation has an obligation to ask a team, an NBA official or somebody about that question. There is no wiggle room around it. If she hadn't asked that question, the bosses would have been wondering why she had that job. If I was sitting in her chair and I didn't ask that question, since after all, he was the number two overall pick and he was getting drafted and all of this residue was just months removed, I would have been asked, why do I have my job? That goes for any journalist. So we have to take that into consideration. It's not about protecting Malika Andrews. It's about protecting the industry. It's about understanding and making you understand what comes along with this job. You keep thinking we have choices. We don't always have choices. You have to ask those questions. Now, there does come a point in time where you can stop. You don't have to bring up stuff from years earlier. That's true. But in the Brandon Miller situation, that was not the case. In this Josh Giddy situation, because the situation is so sensitive, you can't go on the air with a strong opinion, sounding accusatory, as if you're indicting someone when an investigation is still open. And neither the league, nor the team, nor Giddy himself, nor the alleged underage person is speaking on the issue. We don't know. We don't know. So in the end, Des Bryant, and to the Des Bryants out there, what I'm going to say is, mad respect for Des Bryant. Des Bryant is somebody we enjoyed as an NFL player. He could ball. He's a good dude. His heart's in the right place. And what he's really, really pointing to is the fact that as black men, sometimes we get a heavy hammer while others get treated considerably with a lighter hand. 
that offends us, that takes us aback, we don't like it, that's true. Malika Andrews is not guilty of that in this situation. She was not guilty of that in the Brandon Miller situation. And when you imply that she is, your argument falls on deaf ears because those who know better know not to take you seriously if you accuse her of that because that means you don't know. And if you don't know and you're not taken seriously because your opinions are being dismissed because you don't have all the facts to support your position, when you really have something to say down the line, no one's going to listen. That is what we're talking about guarding ourselves against when we talk about issues. Make sure you're always in a position where you have at least some strong facts to support your argument. That way it always has potency. Because when it has potency, folks won't have any choice but to listen. Then you'll be heard. And then what you say will matter. Just something to think about. Just something to think about. Your calls right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show when I get back. Don't touch that dial again. You are listening and watching the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As promised, I'm going to get to your calls. And that's exactly what I'm going to do because I want to hear from some of you and your take. So let's get right to it. Let's go to Danny in Wisconsin. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Danny? How are you? Good. How are you, Stephen? Talk to me. What's up? So I came here asking for some advice today. Um, my professor says it's important to not only talk to successful people, but to those who are in a position where you want to be in life one day. Um, with that being said, Stephen A., as a media personality who's been at the top of the game uh, since I was born, honestly, what advice do you have for any young person looking to get into sports media? Well, first of all, no sports. That's number one. Secondly, have a passion for it because all that glitters ain't gold. And so what you have to remember is that you might say you want to get into sports, but do you watch the games? Do you enjoy being around the games? Do you enjoy talking about the games? Do you view it as just a nine to five job or something that you do when you have to do it as opposed to when you want to do it? All of those things come into play because you have to remember, particularly in the world of sports, you have to be a self-starter. Nobody's going to compel you but so much to do things that you don't want to do. If you don't have a passion for it, they can always replace you with somebody who does. And the key to success with everything, I always say the difference between a job and a career is a job is doing what you have to do to sustain or elevate your quality of life. A career is doing what you want to do. It just so happens to do the same things. And so it's incredibly important that you understand that because when you have a passion for what you're doing, you're not feeling as if you're working. And because you're not feeling as if you're working, you don't get tired as easy. And because you don't get as tired as easy, you end up having more energy than those who do feel like it's a job. And they're ultimately at a disadvantage. You have to remember that. To have a passion for what you're doing and to put forth that work and to do all the things required necessary in order to elevate your level of play in terms of what you're doing for a living. That's knowledge, that's research, uh, that's paying attention, uh, seeing what the conversation is, paying attention to who the audience is, what the audience wants to hear, what the audience wants to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. Every day that I come on and I do a show, 
I'm mindful of what the audience wants to hear. I might add nuggets of intel and information and perspectives and what have you that may have surprised me, may surprise people from time to time. But for the most part, I'm attuned and in tune with what people want to talk about. And when I do that, that puts me at a decided advantage because I'm not ignoring what's in their heart. And they know that I'm here for them, not just myself. And that contributes to success as well. All right. Awesome. Very well Appreciate said, Stephen. Thanks thank a lot, you. man. Take I care. Also wanna, I also um, want to thank you for the Cars debate at Thanksgiving. It was right. a uh, big hit. I appreciate it, man. Thanks uh, a lot. I got to go. Yeah, I'm going to keep one. you on the line. Take you. Bo, you're live in Mississippi. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Talk to me. Um, so the CFP came out yesterday. And uh, what do you think about Missouri and Penn State being ranked over a Ole Miss team who – beat LSU who beat Missouri and had a tougher strength of schedule? I don't like it. Um, I don't. I haven't been a fan of Penn State uh, this year. Um, I think Coach Franklin could do a better job. He doesn't win the big games, and, and I'm fond of him, but I, 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 don't, I don't like that. Um, and I think the fact that you got a victory over LSU and you're in the SEC, which I think is the best conference in football, and how competitive right. that you've been, I definitely think that you deserve it over them. So I appreciate the call, man. Right. Thank you so much. Let's go to Devin in Florida. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Devin? Hey Stephen A. Uh, first me. off, big fan, but uh, just want just wanted to ask you: Do you think the Houston Rockets are a real deal team this year? I wouldn't say contender? real deal. I wouldn't say real deal. I would tell you that I'm not surprised at all uh, because Ime Udoka is a hell of a coach. Um, this man could coach. As far as I'm concerned, he should have never been gone from the Boston Celtics job. One of the things that I did not bring up in my soliloquy about the whole Malika Andrews situation was the fact that he made you doker. You know, this is a guy that I believe got screwed over in Boston. It was an HR issue. It should have never been publicized. It should have never came to light. You keep him or you fire him. But what you don't do is let all of that stuff leak out about him. Somebody tried to ruin his career. And I'm thankful that that did not happen and that he's on the sidelines right now taking a moribund franchise in the Houston Rockets and reminding them what a coach can do because he can coach his ass off. It is that simple. And when you look at these guys and Green and, 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 and all of these other folks that they've got, Sugan and everybody else, they've got some talent on that squad. They need to be reined in. I love to pick up a Dylan Brooks. I love to pick up a Fred Van Vliet. But most importantly, it starts with Ime Hudoka. The fact that they got him, I think they're on the rise, but I don't think they have arrived. That's the difference. He'll need more time than one season. This ain't Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with Al Horford and Robert Williams IV and Derek White and those boys he has at his disposal. This is a, and Marcus Smart at the time, by the way. This is a little bit different. It's going to take a little bit more time for him to do in Houston what he did in Boston, but I have no doubt he's going to pull it off. Awesome. Appreciate your time, Stephen. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you. Nathan, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, Nathan? How are you? Doing well, Stephen A. Big fan. Talk to me. What's up? So I was watching the in-season tournament last night, and um, I was just curious to know, a lot of players you see are criticizing this new rule with the point differential, talking about sportsmanship. Yep. And, you know, we saw the Celtics fouling Andre Drummond with seven minutes left in the game. I was just wondering how you 
would view this rule in terms of if it's good for the game and in terms of sportsmanship, what's kind of your view on that? I, I don't like it, but it's not about sportsmanship. The rules are in place for a reason. And the players are doing what they're doing because they're following the rules. If point differential plays a role in you ultimately being eligible for the in-season tournament from a playoff perspective, of course you're going to try to maximize that to your potential, to insulate yourself from being pushed out. So, of course, that comes with it. That's not about sportsmanship. That's about the rules, and everybody knows the rule compels you to do that. The flip side to it, however, is that it's a rule that in all likelihood needs to be eradicated. There is an upside, though. The upside is, is that I get to compete, and I'm going for it at a high level. I'm putting my pedal to the metal. Why? Because if I do that, the likelihood is that it's going to allow me separation. From my, from, my, from my opposition. And if that's good, that means more energy, more fervor, and that's what you're looking for from the players. That's the reason the in-season tournament came into play to begin with. But I will say, however, is that taking into account sportsmanship, how that could potentially be perceived by somebody who's getting destroyed and damn near feeling like a mercy rule should be implemented, it could cause problems. So I think it's something that the league will ultimately get rid of, but I don't think that we should crucify or criticize the league but so much because you got to remember, they're just trying something new. This is the first year of the in-season tournament. Things will be modified, adapt, you know, the, you know modifications will take place, you know, and, and changes will be made and you'll go from there. And I think that's all you need to look at it as. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Take it easy. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's it for this edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Remember, I'm coming at you at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. I'm talking about the Stephen A. Smith Show. Number to call up as always is 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. I know I enjoyed being back in my studio giving it to you. And I'll be back in just a couple of days. So don't touch that dial. Stay tuned. Stick around. More of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way in a couple of days. See you then. Peace and love.